Hey, good evening. This is Charlotte Pierce. I'm the producer of Ready Row USA. We're in our an 89th episode this evening, and I'm here with some of my favorite rowers, Patricia Destine. Say hello <laughs> to the people, and um, Denise Aquino. Is it that correct pronunciation? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rowing in color, and they are. I've been watching them um, for about a year, I believe. You you um, started your your um, podcast about a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the thought was definitely born well before that. <laughs> but as most people know, you know, starting something versus thinking of something are two different things. But just about a year ago, we we launched our trailer. Yeah. Your trailer. Yeah. So we, we, Patricia and I were talking about this idea for about a month. And then we finally said, all right, we need to find a quiet place to record our trailer that previews what the season's going to be about. That quiet place that we found <laughs> that is affordable in New York City is a bar. <laughs> so. <laughs> Our trailer, if you hear in the background, you're going to hear a lot of music, a lot of clinking. Patricia's over 21, by the way, just in case. I'm And I'm over 21. <laughs> just in case people were, were confused. But so you're both living in New York. And you did you both work at Row New York or... We did, yes, okay. and I don't. I don't work there anymore. But at the time, we did, and that—that's where we met. Uh, and Patricia, why don't you tell everyone exactly how we met? Because that's such an interesting story. Oh, good. Yeah, um, I was the rock or the or the stone that would break or make Denise's career. <laughs> um, that's how I like. To I'm sorry, I couldn't quite hear you. So I was like, I, I call it. I was like the rock or the stone that would make or break Denise's career, um, start career. So uh, I met Denise as a rower at Row New York. Um, I was, I believe I was in, a, about to enter my sophomore year or junior year of high school. And um, it was like the summer and Denise comes into the bill house and she's interviewing for her position at Row New York. But one of the interviewing process was how she would interact with the athletes and um, at the bill house at the time. And so I was one of the maybe like four or five kids on the on in the bow house that, you know, she was like interacting with. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. At the time, it was like a, it was a really white bow house. And so I was like, yeah, there's another minority here. Woo -hoo. <laughs> 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 it, was, yeah, it was one of those moments. And then, you know, down the road, Denise, she got hired and she was like coaching the middle schoolers. And then, you know, um, my senior year, I started volunteering with the middle schoolers as mm -hmm. like a, a media, like a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and so mm -hmm. I started working a lot closer with her. So, you know, we, we, we go back a long time. Um, and now we, we have a podcast together. <laughs> yeah. yeah and amazing. and I, mean, I just remember hearing about it. And I was like, when all that stuff was happening in what, April and May and mm -hmm. the George Floyd stuff and, Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I thought this, this is a moment when, you know, rowing can seize the moment mm -hmm. and following you guys. And how many podcasts did you do that first year? Uh, I think we, we ended up recording a lot more than we published. I think we published 48 or 47 episodes. Uh, and some of those were group episodes. So we had multiple recordings 
woven into that single published episode. But we published 47 or 48 episodes and recorded, I think, close to 60 last year. And we still are recording. We still are hoping Mm -hmm. to publish episodes through this year as well. So do you take, um, I mean, I do live streaming and then I, I mean, I almost can't stand to listen to my own voice, but <laughs> I know that I know the feeling very well. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to embark on doing a little more audio processing and, you know, making it sound a little bit better for the audio podcast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, segment of the distribution. But so do you do you do you do a lot of work on each one? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a long time. I think on average, it takes me uh, an hour to edit 20 minutes worth of raw content. And mm-hmm. I mean, we say this to every single guest and every single guest can attest to this. It's it's their story. We just want to amplify it. And if they don't feel comfortable with with a certain part, if they want to re-record a part, we'll take that time and and, and, and do it. It does take a lot of time. And my job as the editor is to make sure that you cannot tell the difference. You cannot tell when we just pulled off of the episode and had a laughing session about something that someone said or, you know, someone said a curse word when they didn't want to. You know, my job is to make sure that you can't notice that at all and that their story shines for what it is. Yeah, that's cool. That's just great. And so um, tell me a little bit about the, you know, the impact in, in a did you, ex- I mean, I just kept hearing about this from lots of different sources, you know, and you guys, and you just, like, your message resonated very authentically with with me, and I thought it was a great time to, to have an organization like that. But can you tell me a little bit about some of the responses and some of the surprising things that happened this year or this past year? And <laughs> People like to yeah. talk to the, the the future president or anything. <laughs> well, you know what's so funny? I think we're laughing. Like Denise and I are laughing so much because we like text each other constantly. I'm just like Denise, I can't believe it. Like it mm-hmm. every here. single day, every, every single day. So and so mentioned, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we're just shocked that people know who we are. Uh, like. You know, when we talk about we have 5,000 people on Instagram, it's it's the shock that people are actually listening to what we're saying, not just what we're saying, but the stories yeah. of the people mm-hmm. we're interviewing. So, like, we've, mm-hmm. we've got people who responded, who've emailed us or who've, like, DM'd us on Instagram. They're just like, you guys are, like, mm-hmm. you guys have given me hope in rowing. And I was just like, hope? Like, I've been doing rowing for almost six years going, you know, and... I never thought that like I was giving anyone hope. I was just another rower. And so as Denise has been doing it like a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when someone's saying, when, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Go on, go on, keep going, keep going. Don't oh, let me like, stop you. <laughs> when, when you have like someone who's in high school or in college, you're just like, this podcast has given me so much hope yeah. in, the, yeah. in the rowing or has given yeah. me the courage to continue rowing when I didn't want to row, that's, these are the impacts that we, we wanted to put out there. Cause mm-hmm. I've had my moments when I was like, I don't feel like I'm accepted in rowing because of mm-hmm. who I am over my background. And so when we amplify the voices of the people who are telling their stories, they're not just their stories, they're stories of multiple people who've gone through it. And mm-hmm. just, we haven't heard those stories yet. Yeah. And yeah. so like, we've had that, we've had negative responses, but those are the ones that we just like, we're like, well, we'll brush it off. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. that you're, you're obviously the reason why we do this because you have, you're so stuck mm-hmm. in this, this mindset, this small mindset that you don't see how the, your belief or your ideas are affecting 
so many other people. You know, mm -hmm. rowing is such a traditional sport and yeah. sometimes tradition is not right. You know, sometimes as much as we love and our ancestors have done it, they're just, they're not always the right traditions yeah. for us to continue following. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, um, I particularly appreciated that session you did at US Rowing Convention about microaggressions and you have a little cheat sheet for it, right? Oh yeah. 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 It's on, we on your website. Our website. Oh no. <laughs> no, don't go to the website. Please don't go to the website. <laughs> yeah, we it's coming. <laughs> it's it's, no, it's, uh, it's but it's progress. like people, you know, I, I go to my rowing club, I don't encounter any problem. I mean occasionally bitchy people, but I mean, you know, not very often. But um I can't, you know, it's it was very illuminating to to hear and you know, I, I think everybody's had, it knows what microaggressions are, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, we all get them at, at some point, you know, just like that little nagging thing that you, you don't know whether just to explode about it or <laughs> to, uh, you know, let it go. And yeah, so, you know, I appreciate those tools that you're giving um, the rest of us. Yeah. I mean, we, we were very meticulous with crafting the mission of our, it's not even an organization. We're just, we're literally two young women. We're both young, we're two young women who are, who have a, who have a podcast, who have a platform and yeah. most importantly have the trust of people who share their stories with us. And it would only be, it would only honor the integrity and the, the trust of those stories by sharing all right everyone wants to know how to recruit and how to retain people of color well let us label and show all right these are the ways that people have been dissuaded from the sport these are the ways that people have been discouraged from the sport and this exists and they're called microaggressions mm -hmm. and we have hundreds of hours of content that say this but to label it and put it out there it would only mm -hmm. we it would be a disservice if we did not showcase that and explain that repurpose that and curate that for everyone to see and my feeling is that uh you know inclusion and diversity in the sport will make it so much more healthy it's not only the, the right thing to do but it's it's going to grow the sport it's going to make it more interesting and fun for everyone Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, baseball was a white sport. Basketball was a white sport. Yeah. Football was a white sport. And look mm -hmm. at look at what diversity has done in those sports. And do you feel like that's changing in rowing, or you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I would like so I we've interviewed I interviewed someone yesterday and we talked about this and um I've also talked to like I I've been I've DM'd a couple people on Instagram and they brought it up and I was like. 2021 was the was like the egg like the eggshell cracked like and everyone was like oh my gosh this is something we need to talk about even though this is a, a topic that has mm -hmm. been in this situation in, in the news for a while I think mm -hmm. 2021 2020 to 2021 it's the biggest topic in rowing and yeah. we have to keep it there not because mm -hmm. you know like we just like people just want to keep hearing about diversity but because the fact that if we're looking at other sports and it's diversifying it makes their it makes the sport better for them. Imagine what rowing in twenty twenty two or down the line could look like when we are that more diversified. Imagine the, the the boats that we could actually be putting out there when it's not just a small community of people. And now you have this 
big diverse pool of like athletes that you can pick from like it's mm -hmm. not just going to be the six foot kid from connecticut it's going to be <laughs> you know it's going to be that like kid from harlem who used to play basketball and now he's a rower and he's pulling and you yeah. know, he's, he's putting those records out there yeah i know that the the in the uh, a most beautiful thing the movie they were talking about you know like trying to appeal those athletes of color from sports that they tend to drift into or gravitate to because rowing is not necessarily, you know, inclusive or hasn't been. Right. And I mean, there's a, there's a reason that rowing, you know, is so attractive. There's a reason why celebrities pay millions of dollars to sneak their kids into Ivy League schools via rowing programs, <laughs> you know? And so mm -hmm. that opportunity, they, op the, it's rowing is one of the elite sports that is basically affirmative act affirmative action for the rich affirmative action for the elite uh -huh. oh, and so so of, of course of course folks would want to keep rowing exclusive because uh -huh. it it benefits that one percent not even that one percent that 0.5 percent so why not share these benefits with folks who uh -huh. who aren't the one percent you know there's there's so many folks who have talent who have skill but just aren't given that opportunity. Rowing is such an accessible sport in all categories, except financially. Yeah. And I mean, well, there's transportation, but like, but really it financially, you know, we, we, some of these barriers are man-made and we really need to knock them down. Yeah. And I, I, as a master's rower, I, I think it's even less diverse, you know, out of the college and, high school you know i to be honest i don't see very much diversity you know when i go to regattas and stuff um so but you know yeah it, the way i feel is like i do cover some master or uh you know collegiate and, and youth rowing and in, in the on the podcast uh but i feel like you know those young rowers are future masters rowers <laughs> you know that will benefit that end of the sport as well so absolutely yeah. and um we had a, we recorded we recorded a few interviews yesterday and we can't wait to publish them but mm -hmm. one of the interviews that we had was with a master's rower um in dc and he started he started off learning as a master's or he didn't start off as a high school or a co collegiate rower but one thing that's interesting is that the needs of master's rowers are completely different from the needs of collegiate or high school or middle school rowers. Yeah. I mean, master's rowers and adults are looking for a community. And mm -hmm. when the community culture is already so well-defined in rowing, absolutely, it's yeah. it's kind of hard to change that when it's already so well-curated by that point. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just yeah. saying because the needs are different, so are the challenges. It would be cool if you would do a, a piece on that, you know? I. I mean, you said that you talked to somebody, but, um, you know, I would really like to know, get, you know, hear about some tools that we can use as club members and influencing our clubs um, to to deal with that aspect. Oh, yeah. There's but, there's, there's so many challenges, too, <laughs> on, our, on our next webinar. <laughs> we have a question from someone who did not sign up on Facebook, but they're, um, so they're not, they're anonymous, but... Uh, they were going to check out your podcast. The stories Yay. mean so much for us. Yay! Thank so you. We not have PSE peers in college. That's so great. Yay! Yeah. Welcome, 
Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for for 2021, I mean, do you have any other projects that you're working on, like uh, any other aspects of publishing? I mean, I do book publishing. That's kind of my main occupation. But um, <laughs> like, what else you got going on? Consulting? Uh, can can you do a consulting for for uh, rowing clubs? I or mean, we are. We we've talked about it. We've talked about it. We're uh, we are we have so many ideas. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> we have so many ideas. And I think our what has worked for us so far is focusing on one one thing at a time and doing it really well. Then moving on to the next thing. Uh, and one thing that we're really focusing on right now, which is. I mean, I'm talking about it, but it was really Patricia's idea was mm -hmm. really training more, uh, more co-hosts because, yeah. mm -hmm. because this, I mean, diversifying the sport of rowing, this isn't the first time this has happened. From what I hear, this happens around every 10 or 15 years and then flops and then ebbs and flows and flops. What, the and push for diversity? The, the push for diversity. I mean, I, I haven't been around that long to have seen <laughs> it go from full circle, but from what I hear and doing and doing yeah. the research and, and just reading about, you know, what has failed in the past and what can we learn from right. that in this time, the one thing that I think makes the biggest difference and I say this as a millennial, so you know I mean it, is Generation Z. I think Generation Z is going to change the face of rowing. I think they're going to turn the page so that way so we're not... Just... 20, is that as Generation Z? I, I think so, because okay. Generation Z is right under you, Patricia, right? I like to think that. Like, I, I, I've been <laughs> You're like the elder statesman of this. <laughs> You know, I could take a little of your advice, Denise. I, I tend to kind of like to do everything all at once. But, uh, you know, and I also need I need a partner. So if anybody out there wants to be an intern on Ready Row USA, you're welcome to do that. We, we should we should train some uh, podcast editors together because that's a good skill to have. Yeah. And there's a job market for that. And if, if you can. I mean, it, we're still kind of working on the cash flow, but the. Um, <laughs> But if you can, if you're not paying them, then they kind of, they come and they, they work at it for a little while and then they kind of, you know, they get a real job. So yeah. paying helps, but it's, it's like a chicken and the egg situation. <laughs> yeah. It's like every entry level job requires you to have 10 years of experience. Right. Well, before we wrap up, um, what you know, like hopes and dreams for the future. I, I'd also like to get a few of your favorite rowing uh, coaching tips and uh, gadgets that you like, because we do a gadgets and gears uh, section. So, um, you know, first of all, uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about you know you want to do one thing at a time, but kind of in the big picture, with can you tell us a little bit about you know your specific plans for this coming year or two? Yeah, so I think Denise, so we've talked about it and we definitely want to put gear out a little bit more gear. Like a lot of people have received some of the gear and they're just like, I love this. And so we want to somehow find something that's consistent with gear. Um, we want to keep mm -hmm. building our, um, so we've been, we've been, we haven't, but we've been helping support um, a lot of the youth-based uh, communities mm -hmm. that are being built. Mm -hmm. So we have like a young mm -hmm. black uh, community that's being built and it's with high schoolers. There's a collegiate one. Um, awesome. We started helping. 
with a Asian affiliated one. And then there's one in Seattle that's being built, which is mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's great. So we're supporting with that. And so, you know, kind of like helping them build off and to, to do the diversity work on at their level, like at high school level, collegiate level. Um, so mm-hmm. we want to keep doing that. We want to obviously keep having like new people tell their stories. And so we mm-hmm. want to amplify those stories on our podcast. Um, there's so much, but like our goal is to one day just make sure, turn this into an organization where we're like putting it out there and it just, mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, well, it just Denise and I, it's a huge team of people, yeah. um, especially the yeah. young Gen Z's and whatever we call the younger ones. After <laughs> I think they're Zoomers now. <laughs> I'm told I'm a baby boomer, but I don't know if I believe that or not. <laughs> Who, knows? Who knows? Who knows? I know that rowing keeps me like, I feel so much better than I did you know, a few years before I started rowing. It's, it's important. It's, it's for yeah. everyone. Yeah. So uh, coaching tips, Patricia, um, do you have any? I'm I know you coaching, both coach. But... I mean, coaching in COVID, you just got to be positive. Always be positive. And mm-hmm. ask, listen to your, I think the biggest advice I would ever give a coach is listen to your athletes. You know, mm-hmm. they know what's best for them and for their mm-hmm. team. And you are as long as, as even though you are the coach or you're like in charge, mm-hmm. it's their team, it's their space. So listen to what they have to say will give you an easier job at coaching them because yeah. they know they know what's best for them. And do you yeah. feel like they're rising to the occasion in uh, in COVID and really being honest about their training and yeah. taking it seriously? Yeah, great. I think even the youngest athletes are, they're so much more aware of what they're lacking and what they need. Because yeah. they know a lot of them know what it feels like to be in a space where this is what this is the norm and this is not mm-hmm. the norm for them at the moment. So they know what where they're lacking and they're they're going to ask you or they're going to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, this is what I'm missing out," and it's your job to then be like, "Okay, I'm I'm going to help you now solve that space." Well, they're lucky to have you. That's you know, I think you mentioned that at the U.S. Rowing Convention too. You know, they listen to your athletes and they'll you know. Or just just be observant, you know, because if there's an issue, especially with microaggressions or something like that, you have to be observant. But um, any anything uh, to add to that, Denise? I I'm just so proud to hear Patricia say that. <laughs> I just you. so ha- so so proud to hear her say that. Yeah. Uh, we've come a long way from you judging me for getting a job. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because because then I became her supervisor but ever since starting this podcast Patricia has been my supervisor like Patricia is the CEO of our of our podcast here so I, I, I I'm just so I'm just so proud to be just I, I following her leadership it. here it's, she keeps I don't know it. I think, like talking to you Denise and I, <laughs> I think um maybe I should have been dealing with Patricia <laughs> I mean don't tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, right. so, I wanted to touch a little bit about on your, your new position in, in um, inclusion um, program yeah. manager. At, yeah. Yes. Can I? Yeah. So, um, so I'm, I'm so happy to work with the George Pocock Rowing Foundation. I, I have many years of experience working in rowing nonprofits. And I think anyone who knows me, anyone who's worked with me knows that I'm doing exactly what I've always wanted to do because I was always that person saying, oh, yeah, like we should have a we should have a cultural competency group. Let's have, you know, multilingual mingle. Let's have a Spanish table. Let's make sure that all our, our coaches can speak Spanish, you know, or can coach learn to rose in Spanish. And now I'm able to dedicate 
40 plus hours of my work week just on the things that I always love doing in my spare time. And so that's a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I get I get to work closely with Arshay Cooper. I get to work closely with the Most Beautiful Thing Inclusion Fund. And on top of the great work that the George Pocock Rowing Foundation does with Erg Ed, Road of the Future, everything that they have going on there. So I'm happy to make an impact there. It really yeah. fills my cup to do the work uh, full-time and as a and hobby. It's, it's inclusion, not just, you know, I mean, not just, but... Um, it's also sort of like ability and mm -hmm. think all aspects of inclusion, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I um, uh, I had Michelle Sosa on a few months ago, with the hydro athlete, mm -hmm. and she she had become an ambassador for this, um, you know, head of the Charles Gold Cup fund. Yeah, I'm on that with her. You were involved with that, yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm. I can't keep my hands to myself, so I'm involved with. <laughs> I'm involved with the head of the Charles Cup Gold Cup Fund, and we have our webinar, our roundtable tomorrow. Um, you know, just another normal webinar featuring all black coaches and rowers in American mm -hmm. rowing. So this needs to be a normal thing, and I'm happy to be yeah. a part of a committee that normalizes that. Yeah, well, I signed up for it, so I'm Yay. gonna be a fly on the wall. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I just like learning all I can, you know, about you know, and, and I like doing as much as I can as a producer of this podcast to um, you know, amplify what you guys are doing. Appreciate it. All good. It's all good. Anything else to add? Uh, gadgets and gear. Gadgets and gear. I mean. I'm a fan of recording everything, obviously. <laughs> oh, so like uh, GoPros and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I, I've, I've. I mean, when Patricia and I work with middle schoolers, I don't think we went crazy with the GoPros just because the kids were like, uh -huh. "Yeah, let's throw it in the water and watch it float." I'm like, "Let's not, please, no." Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. gonna float away. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I mean, I mean. We're both we're both former coxswains, and I think mm -hmm. even just hearing hearing uh, your own voice, although it is awkward, although I still hate hearing my own voice. It there's I I would be lying if I didn't say there's a small part of me that wasn't empowered by just hearing. Oh, I said that, you know, or oh, yeah. like I that's my voice. Well, you can listen to this one because you've said a lot of great things. I really appreciate both of you, and um, let's work together, you know, on getting some stuff out there and the, the good stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome so much. And um, I'll just, uh, I'll just do the kind of outro here. And, and then if you want to stick around, we'll just say goodbye. Um, this is our 89th episode. I'm uh, Charlotte Pierce, the producer of Ready Row USA. And we, I also, my my other life is publishing books, including children's books. Um, this is a book we just won an award for, and it's a it's a book about diversity and famous authors, and you know they it's a really got a really great message, and I'm so happy for the uh, author that we won an award. But um, again, the gold cup that's another thing I like to. The, uh, what is it called? The head of the Charles Gold and <laughs> it's a mouthful. Head of the Charles Regatta Gold Cup Fund. Yeah. Fund, yeah, fund, yeah. Okay, my 
My website is PiercePress.com. You can find all our podcast archives there and the other podcasts I do on publishing and uh, alternative education. One of our favorite uh, guests and someone I talked to, I felt like I'd known him forever, is Richard Butler, and he's got a new program, uh, Anti-Racism Conversation. He's also DEI co-chair for U.S. Rowing. You probably know him, you all. <laughs> um, and in our, in all of our um, show notes, you'll find our club news form. So please send in news about your rowing club. No rowing club is too small or too large and no bit of news is, is insignificant. It's, we just like to kind of be a little fly on the wall at your rowing club and and we occasionally do uh, about four times a year a rowing club spotlight so if you'd like to come on and talk about your club send us uh you know an entry in that form and we'll be in touch uh gadgets and gear like i said i'm a gadget freak so you know that's my thing and again patricia destine and denise aquino our, our special guest for episode 89 of the Ready Row USA. And you have been so helpful and, you know, such great information. I want to have you back uh, and let's just work together. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Okay. All right. Take care. Over and.